That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. A minute-by-minute rewatch of Batman v Superman. We are still in the Batman portion of the film, going into minute nine. However, Superman's presence has been felt. I guess now we will see a bit more of uh, the context. His reputation precedes him with Bruce here in a pretty... Not grisly minute, but this might be like the grimmest minute. It's not the the best of first impressions. No, certainly not for for one potential Justice Leaguer cameo. <laughs> oh no! All that and more as we begin minute nine. Hey, buddy hands, everybody show me. Good job. Come on, guys. Hold on tight. We we get the entire the brunt of that wall of dust begins this minute, which kills the sound along with it. And replaces it with this kind of whine. Yeah, that there's a number of moments where, and maybe that's like a PTSD thing, where it's like a shell-shocked. Um, it reminds me of like Saving Private Ryan mm. when uh, Tom Hanks' character, whenever he kind of goes into shock, there's like that ringing in his ears. Then we fade. Yeah, it's, it's cool because even once that wears off, you get this weird like... It's like this weird, um, it sounds almost like a voice calling, mm-hmm. but that's our, that's our first introduction to it. And we get, I remember being totally stunned the first time that the horse walks into frame. Yeah. It was like the first of, of many. Yeah. This is the first. And it was like the first appearance of a horse where my mind immediately went like, what? And then, and then it was, oh, it has a police you know, uh, yeah. thing on it. So it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense in a city setting. Oh, there's no one on it. Oh, that's so grim. Yeah. Well, that's like such a grim image. A riderless horse. Mm-hmm. And it, like a riderless yeah. horse, period. But the fact that the the police, like it is giving you the signal that someone should be on that handling the situation. Yeah. Well, it sort of con- it continues that, you know, the, the emergency workers are just standing and watching dumbfounded. And then, um, you know, Batman's like the only, or Bruce is the only one that's running anywhere. And, uh, and then you get the riderless horse. And then the horse itself is, you know, a symbolism of, of death or, you know, sometimes life, I guess, depending on the color of the horse, it can, it can change. But like biblically, it's always a, it ushers in a, like a sense of doom. Yeah. Like a, a like sense a, of, uh, like a weird, um, even in this movie, approaching, I guess would be the word of like a, a, a yeah, like you said, a, a symbol of something probably, not even like gloom because it's already happened, right? So it's just like a messenger type, I guess. Right. I would say, yeah, roughly a herald. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like the what's the Johnny Cash song? The the man comes around and mm. then talks about a, a horse yeah. and that also, right? And then which I always think of just because that's the uh, intro song in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know some people can draw a parallel to uh, Dark Knight Returns and, um, yes. you know, mm-hmm. a, a horse associated with Bruce in a city setting, which is like maybe not a direct parallel, but it's there if you want to see that as, yeah. you know, their way of homaging. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's all, like you said, there, there's a moment of, wait, what's going on? Just because 
it's even for it's Bruce, such a, right? Like he yeah. looks, he stares well, it's, at it's it. It's such a surreal. It's like you almost went through, like you went through the wall of dust, and it was like you entered a new, a different world. Yeah. All of a sudden, everything is. He went from the chaos and the dust to now, like no buildings are falling. Like everything is 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 quiet, and there's a ringing, and there's. Yeah, and then you see this horse, and then you sort of start to see other people, and they're just kind of aimlessly, mm-hmm. after, you know, th- th- from the chaos, now people are just walking around, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. The, uh, and then you get the, 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 what the teacher, or whoever that is, with, with the kids. Yeah, I do, I have to give, I have to give a shout out, it is Stephanie Koenig, who, okay. <laughs> I, I have to point out, because it is a small role, but I'll be damned if I don't remember her perfectly, like, her delivery of uh-huh. this line, she only has, like, one line, but... Man, if you can sell yourself as a teacher or daycare, you know, yeah, worker. Well, and you talk about like the first. It's so positive. thing that we've seen. So, yeah. So we've seen we're, we're at minute. What? We're at minute nine now. Yeah. And this is the first level-headed, in-control person yeah. we see is this school teacher leading a line of children out of a city that is crumbling. Yeah. And it's 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 yeah it's really poignant it's it's great i mean she even has the pained expression on her face like it is um the lies again like you, you tell to kids the like we, we know that she's lying to them mm-hmm. but it's so reassuring yeah and yeah it's just weird because you got the um the police standing around the fireman standing around the, the horse the riderless horse and then the teacher who's leading kids out of the danger. It's, um, yeah, and we don't I know like what they're coming from. Um, yeah, <laughs> very soon we may learn that this is going to be an experience for these kids, not all that different from Bruce. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he picks up the, the kid going for the, the stuffed bear and puts them together, which, which feels like an important, it's, it's the first one that comes in this moment of Bruce stepping away to be kind to a child. Yeah. Again, it goes back to what I I think I was saying before, how refreshing it is to see him as a normal person. Well, and there's also, in this moment, he has a sensitivity towards the children. Yeah. And he kind of knows, yeah, he identifies that, like, you, you know, the, the, the teachers seem to kind of have it in, in control, but he, he takes a moment to, to be like, oh, this, I don't know if that's, if that's intentional because of his, like, childhood trauma and that's something he's, he's looking out for. Um, yeah, it, it. It's a nice detail because I think nobody would ever say – if you said to someone, when you imagine Bruce Wayne or Batman, like, you know, comic books would be a different thing. But Batman on film, do you picture him as a father? I feel like most right. people would say no. Like that's mm-hmm. – he, he's usually depicted younger to begin with, right? Which makes that easier. Yeah. Which opens up a whole other door picturing someone as old as Ben Affleck is who would have had children, mm-hmm. right? And doesn't, but still has that paternal instinct. Like it frames him as a father to more than just a child of his. Right. And we're, uh, the movie echoes back, uh, you know, on parents and those kind of relationships really strongly. I just, it always stands out for me. If, if he had walked by the kids, then you could make an argument that he is uh, more scarred by what happened to him as a child then if he stops and interacts with them and we get another scene shortly after this of him being kind to a child i think it sells the case more that he has found a way to put that in like to move beyond it in in a certain sense as a person yeah and then it becomes more of like um I just find that a more compelling character because then it's it's depicting like what matters to him not like what he's haunted by exclusively yeah well, and we, you know, we are 
five minutes separated from seeing him as a kid yeah. or, you know, five episodes. And so for, you know, for us with this kind of hyper focused on the minute, there's, there's a lot of separation there. But, you know, if you're watching the movie straight through, that's, that's, you know, really close at hand that we just saw him as a child witness his parents' murder. And then now again, like the first, the, we kind of have reached the end of this loud moment of action and destruction. And this is like the first moment in the movie where the sound is, I mean, I guess that we had a little bit with Jack too, but it's, it's reaching a, a point where we're, we're kind of caught up mm-hmm. to everything. The movie slows down a little bit. And the first thing that it presents us with is, is children being uh, removed or, you know, trying to be removed from danger. Yeah. We move on from there. There's no no need to bury the lead here, Stephen. We are introduced to Wally West, <laughs> the Flash. Yes. <laughs> uh, as Which is going to seem – it's so funny now because most people probably who saw the movie and most people who will listen to this will have no recollection of Scoot McNary. Got to give a shout out. He's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Having his photo <laughs> taken In the- with – yeah, green, the, the green socks or the green half yeah, legs, and somehow that being interpreted as it's an effect on his he's legs. The he's flash. the Flash. So, yeah, <laughs> I'd like part of me wonders if this was added <laughs> just to poke fun at the the suggestion that this, you know, oh, that's minor. A good point. Ca- he's a minor character. He's he's important, but it's a small yeah. role, and I guess we won't. We won't see it in this minute because I believe it ends right on the minute mark. But Bruce taking that moment, recognizing his name on his name tag and talking to him warmly stops Wallace from focusing on his pain and is it's kind of I feel like it's totally relatable too. if the, you know, Fortune 100 head of your company found you and immediately greeted you as a friend. That would be, again, it speaks to Bruce's character, right? It speaks to him as not like, you know, sappy, but he is a person who the word family is going to come up in the movie quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and I think the first thing you said about him when we first got to this kind of mankind is introduced to the Superman moment, um, which obviously man, you know, he's the stand in for mankind that we're getting here is that his primary concern is for his people. Yeah. And he's got a personal connection to them. And that very much is kind of drawn out through this entire, you know, we're still in this moment of before that beautiful lie of Mm -hmm. Batman being the answer yeah being shattered for him and that entire moment is repeatedly kind of punctuated by him having a a care for or or an eye for these individuals whether it's a kid or someone that yeah that works for him it's it's very clear that he's not at this point not focused on killing superman to the point of ignoring everybody else he's 100 percent focused on how can i help these individual people yeah. here it is, and it's a uh, you know. I think this minute and the next minute are are distinctly linked. <laughs> wow, wow! What a profound statement for me to say. The one minute and <laughs> the one that like follows, they are one minute. Yeah, apart. wow. Um, it's following him going from seeing someone he knows killed, a a horse riderless. Obviously, he would recognize it means a policeman's likely been killed. Mm-hmm. Sees children being led who or are has, or has run. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah or children who may or may not be orphaned and then sees a a man who is suffering. So it's almost like he's going from one 
like horrifying memory or image mm-hmm. to the next and he's looking for a way to well this is the first opportunity he's had to do like something save an individual yeah. exactly so it's a it's in a good mindset that we know this is not going to he's going to go yeah. on from this to the next thing mm-hmm. so i just want to make also, sure in in our breakdown of minute to minute we don't lose a sense of that momentum as he's literally moving through this scene yeah well and we've been talking a lot about the contrast against nolan's batman and i think we finally went a minute without mentioning him last minute oh actually you know what i'm not going to talk about him here because that's in the next minute anyway oh perfect um <laughs> It's a great cliffhanger. Yeah, right? Yeah. But I think there is another kind of callback to kind of contrast him against Christian Bale coming up here in a second. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. The only other, uh, the only question I had was was about that horse. And I think it is very, people could maybe say like, you're looking at that horse a little too much. I will, I will mildly spoil that we have paid attention to this returning, you know, motif throughout the movie of a horse being introduced as a means of like conveying a person from one stage to the next mm-hmm. is usually pretty vital. So it it gives a, in hindsight, the air of this scene transformative might be like too strong a word for Bruce, but it is definitely in this two and a half hour long story. This is a moment where he is going to come out the other side of it in a different place than he was going in. Yeah. So horse watch begins. I think the the next minute will be a pretty formative one as we, <laughs> as we climb ever closer. We've now got Wally West confirmed. We've got the flash. Yes. Well, the other thing that was funny about about him before before the whole Wally. Because I remember before I had seen the movie, people from pre-screenings were like, oh, there's a big Easter egg early on. And I think that's what they were talking about. Oh, boy. Which was funny because, no, that's not... I mean, maybe it is an Easter egg, but it's, you know, clearly not. But the other funny thing about his green socks from the set photo <laughs> that people were starting to think that he was also Metallo. Oh, right. Which, and I don't... And maybe this was a, an amalgamation of a number of leaks because it turns out that Metallo was oh, in the original An early script, script, yeah. And the role that he had was the same role that Wallace Keefe has. And so I guess I, I don't... And maybe this is all out there and so I don't remember the full behind-the-scenes details and so we'll, I'll have to look this up and it'll just not be in the episode. But um, <laughs> I think that... Yeah, the original plot was to have Metallo kind of play that same role of being the one that, like, destroys the, the capital. And then there was going to be, like, a Metallo fight oh. there. And so the, and so that kind of all got, you know, that was maybe they considered that a bit too much. And so they trimmed it down and gave it to, um, and just turned him into a regular dude instead of having a big a big fight scene there. Yeah. And so it would have been, like, the same message. But the idea would have been, like, Superman fights somebody else and more people die because of Superman fighting, which kind of accentuates that, you know. Okay. I guess coming back to the is it too much or too little, that maybe would have been a bit much at that point to say, like, oh, here's a Superman fighting another villain and killing more civilians accidentally. Yeah. And they just decided, you know what, let's just have it be a bomb and move on. We don't need <laughs> we don't need another action set piece in here to convey that. It's, it is kind of sad to think that he begins this story calling out for help from, from Bruce Wayne and where he ends yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it is a, definitely a, a tragic start. But that will do it for Minute 9 as we are left in suspense at what words are going to come out of Wallace O'Keefe's mouth, I believe is his name, in case yes. we didn't say that earlier. Will it be... But his legs are being destroyed yep. and, and Bruce called him Wally. And so there's there's definitely a bit of a cliffhanger of... Wait, did they just give us a backdoor introduction for some kind of weird, messed up version of, is he going to get robot legs and that's why he's the Flash? Yeah. And, and, uh, and we, we won't know until we get to the end, I guess. We won't. Uh, we hope that listeners will, will come along for our journey into minute 10. And I'll tell you, Wally can't feel his legs, 
but we can darn sure feel the approach of Mr. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Coming quiet. Miss Lane! Miss Lane! Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. Ila antun tarayan nanakwa generalin. Ile turagat inna da kagatana tim... Coming quack. Quack. Fast. <laughs> the whole episode. Yeah, I know. Wow. It was it was quick and, and fast? fast, but it was really just quack. <laughs> <laughs>